Welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast with Dr. Alistair Bailey, Jeremy Bielas and John Ford. And welcome to the seventh edition of the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast with me, John Ford uh, and Jeremy Bielas. Today, unfortunately, we have a man down. Dr. Bear is in hibernation. He has had a tough couple of weeks, I think, uh, with, with his current NHS role. So, yeah, we've given him a week off, but he will be raring to go next week. Um, so, Jeremy, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, John. I missed Doc. Can I be Dr. Bear today? Yeah, let's just let's play role play. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Bob. He does. We all need a break, don't we? And actually, he's having a week with his family. For me, this is half term. And it does feel weird because um, normally when you have half term, you obviously go from school back home but we've both been home for so long it doesn't quite feel the same but definitely consciously trying to put the work emails away and just not touch them and just stay away from anything work related I was just saying to you before I'm I'm at it's nice not having to deliver live lessons on a laptop this week I'm, I'm quite enjoying that side of it so um yeah I bet you said obviously in your uh lockdown teacher diary obviously yeah you were fed up I think of screens which yeah I, I was completely I, imagine if you're trying to do that. I was getting really fed up although that you know the video diary blog that was a, that was a particularly positive week because we put we just put on these additional things that we didn't think would work so I think you know the two things we did we did it we did a whole we normally have a senior sports dinner where we'd get all our year 11 12 and 13 students um dressed up and uh, we, we normally go across the road to the University of Reading and have a lovely sit down meal, like, you know, like many of you that have played sport before would do. But we did it online and it worked. It actually worked really well. We had a good sort of 100 people from the school turn up and we were giving out awards. And yeah, it was great. We got an ex-student back on who's playing professional rugby. So that was great. And then we did this sort of virtual 5K uh, run for heroes. So the whole school community, well, I said the whole, there was a good, again, 100 plus students and staff and families running 5k and donating money to the to the nhs so those two things really were really great actually and gave me a nice boost um because it can get quite... yeah you seem yeah you seem quite perky at the end towards the end yeah, it was a bit up and down wasn't it i think when you watch yeah. that blog back there was, you know that's i suppose that's the whole point isn't it? everyone's having good days and bad days um yeah. you know and we were just saying then that whilst this is the thing now isn't it with with the lockdown we're we're now allowed to do things that we weren't allowed to do a couple of months ago, but it's still not the same as before. So, you know, you were saying... Yeah, you, I've struggled. You, yeah, I've struggled with that. Yeah. yeah, whilst you can go and play golf, you know, you can't then go and sit in the clubhouse and have a pint and, you know... Which is actually, which is actually like the social side of these sports, um, especially for me, I'm a golfer. So playing is going and play, which is great, but actually not being able to socialise afterwards, you actually suddenly realise you play golf for the social part rather than actually the golf. So, really interesting, yeah, that, isn't think, it? And, and yeah, for me, yeah. um, I went for a run around Richmond Park with a friend. Um, and that's the first time I've done that. And when, we, when we've done that in the past, and it's quite a regular thing, an old friend from school, the, the best thing about it for me is sitting in the cafe having breakfast and a coffee because I've earned it. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> And we just finished the run and went, see you then, and then got in the car. And I, I just, yeah, it's not quite the same, is it? So... You're totally right. That social side of it is really important. It makes you realise, doesn't it, when you take it away? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, actually, because obviously today's podcast is actually going to be about um, physical activity and sort of having a focus, maybe the sport can actually help you uh, and especially help you in these times. Uh, and later on, Jez has got one of his students on because we thought, actually, 
you know, it's all well and good us chatting and chatting to other adults, but actually getting a student's or uh, a student of a pupil uh, point of view uh, would be really, really good for our listeners. Um, so, yeah, Jez, is, we've got a actually a top, top athlete uh who is, I think, currently the best in the country. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so she's called Kate, a um, student I've taught for four years. And, and again, a really interesting one for me because um, I started teaching her, she was year 10. So I took her through GCCPE and now more recently through her, her sick form, we do a, B, a version of a BTEC. And yeah, she's become, in the last year, um, she's gone from being just, a, you know, not just, but she's always been national nationally ranked kayaker so she does both sprint kayaking and marathon long distance kayaking um but yeah she's now classed officially as the top sprint female kayaker in great britain so not just at her age group you know for all uh, all age groups adult age groups so she yeah really interesting character um and, and a great student to teach but yeah seeing her develop um you know as a student at the school into a, a top top elite athlete and seeing the dead and actually the sacrifice that she's made um you know there that's that's been a really interesting thing um so so and i think you were saying yeah you were saying i think that the that she's her sports almost brought her her academic work up absolutely i mean she she's always you know she i don't she'd be the first to admit she's she's not doesn't find academic work the easiest she has to work really really hard but i think often what sport can teach you is is resilience you know sport is getting to a high level in any sport, you have to challenge yourself and be uncomfortable, don't you? You've got to become uncomfortable yeah. or, or push yourself to a point where you're uncomfortable. And that's, I think sport is great at challenging you both physically and mentally. Um, and yeah, she, you know, she's so impressive in that she's had to get up at five o'clock in the morning to get out on the water. Uh, and then straight after school, she'll go out and kayak again. Um, she still plays all the school sports. She still gets all her work in on time. So yeah, to, you know, inspiring really to to uh, someone like that who's managed to fit that all in and do it so well. But yeah, she'd definitely admit, I'm sure that um, her life in sport has has helped her in not just at school, but definitely academically, but also in other areas. Um, you know, friendships and relationships, and um, and I think that word resilience always is important. Um, comes that comes through. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the um, I mean that's our that was our topic last week, but I think what's really important to note here is you don't have to be an elite athlete. I mean, I know she's obviously, it's going to be really inspiring and it's good to, good to get somebody on who's so good. But I think for the people out there who maybe, maybe not even doing any type of sport, but maybe have just started running or doing anything like that. I think it's just really, really key. And that's one of our messages at Life on Time is, you know, physical activity can actually uh, improve your mental health. And I think in this current crisis, it's just so, so important that people are, doing physical activity and I think some people probably are having the opportunity to do more of it I mean I know I've seen a lot more there's a lot of people out running because obviously it's only one of the things you can actually do um, so yeah we just I th think there is definitely a link between physical activity and sort of mental health and also uh, with students I think uh, and pupils if they're if they're happier and their well-being is better then they're going to perform better at school so there's there's um, a hundred percent a link and it's something that for me as director of sport at my school it's a message that we push hard, especially with when they get into year 11, because at my school, uh, they don't have core PE after year 10. So every student has to do an hour of core PE from year 7 to 10, and they have games afternoons as well. But in the, when they get to year 11, they, they lose their core PE, 
but they have got um, compulsory games. But when they have exams and they have coursework, often the first thing that they look to not to get rid of, but they look to have some flexibility with. So I'll get students all the time coming to me and saying, Jez, please, can I miss the games afternoon today? I'm really behind with my art coursework or I've got you know, a mock exam in science or whatever it is. And it's always the one that's looked at as the least important because it's not, there's no exam. But my message to them is, look, if, you know, especially in exam season, one of the best things you can do is come out and play sport or do physical activity with your mates because like like we just said at the start you're playing golf a huge part of that is to play with friends and have that social side yeah i went for a run because i want to get fitter and get better at running but you know the driving factor behind it was to socialize with a good friend and, and catch up and chat so 100 yeah, there's so much evidence out there and actually there's a there's a great um there's a great book it's called spark i don't know whether you've ever heard of it john um it, it, uh, the, the author um oh, his name escapes me but the, the book is essentially about failing schools in the state setting up early morning physical fitness programs compulsory and the long story short you they, that physical fitness program they set up just sees the increase in the academic performance of all the students at the school they make it compulsory you can imagine that the students hated it at the start but, <laughs> but yeah but it's the, the there is you know there's really strong evidence to suggest that especially early morning or, or, you know, almost first thing in the morning, if you can start firing, you know, the neuromuscular system, so your brain and your muscles by doing some version of physical exercise, then you're, by the time you sit down to your first class, you're already going, your brain's already going. And you, you've, you know, often these kids sit down at 8.30 for lesson one. Trust me, I'll teach them. They're not ready to go because they, some of them only woke up like maybe half an hour, yeah. forty-five minutes. Well, this is this is why this is why I think Joe Wicks is going to get Sports Personality of the Year because I think he's actually helped kids, you know, do that, that first thing. That in the morning, saying, they saying he's <laughs> I think he That'd could be, be yeah. Sports Personality kind of yeah. award. Um, I think what he's done there is something. <laughs> it's, it's very simple, isn't it? It's a very simple idea. He obviously executes it pretty well, and he's got yeah. a lot of charisma. But no, absolutely. And that's something that we've tried to introduce at our school is early morning sports program and early morning. It's, and it's optional. So we don't get that many, but we do get a lot of kids swimming, doing um, fitness classes. Um, we've done mountain biking before and all sorts of uh, swimming. I think I've always said swimming. Um, we've done yeah, all sorts of classes before. Um, and, and every kid that we speak to says that they always feel better about better about themselves and more alert for most of the day. They also say they sleep better, which is another thing we've talked about in previous episodes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is yeah physical activity. I mean, the other thing is you've got to be organised, and that's another thing about the life on time. Uh, I mean, the software and what we're sort of about is actually set a, a goal setting and being organised. Um, and I think physical activity is all well and good, but you've got to try and plan it and have a routine and a schedule. And I think when we when you speak to, um, it'd be really interesting to see how Kate organises herself because by the sounds of it, she's got a hell of a uh, schedule or routine to try and fit obviously her schoolwork in and and if she's an elite athlete so I think we could all be inspired by you know just organizing yourself and getting your routine set up you can almost achieve anything so I think that's uh, key John and I think that yeah. elite athletes have to be that organized they really do um, I, we actually as one of the courses I'm delivering we watched a documentary on um, Jessica Ennis Hill uh, and since it, the, the, the whole documentary is her coming back from being a mum and coming back to the world champs and, and the Olympics and, and being really successful. And yeah, she, it's so interesting hearing her talk because she's the, the goal setting and the scheduling and everything's there. But when you throw a baby in the mix, 
<laughs> just like you know for Kate she's got all her schoolwork and everything else it does make things a lot more complicated so being super organized is really important I know one thing from teaching Kate is so interesting um you know when when she when she comes into school from training she is uh she always got food in her bag because she's having to squeeze in her diet and all of meals yeah, yeah and she yeah, finds yeah. that she's always found that really difficult and I've, I've always had to be a little bit more flexible with her on whether or not she's allowed to eat you know in lessons because obviously they're not allowed to but with the sick form if she's got to get a snack before or after training then normally we let her do it so yeah again she yeah she's had to do that and really think about that side but on the flip side i think for non-elite athletes for normal general population like us um it if you can be organized and still set yourselves goals and targets and that might just be you know couch to 5k is a really good example isn't it where my mum for example he's in her 70s has done the couch to 5k and that app uh, allows her to set herself specific targets, weekly targets towards her running goal of being eventually being able to run a five k. Which is why you do it. Which is why which exactly because without it. that, if she if she just said I'm going to run five k, she probably would have given up by now, or she wouldn't know where to start. So yeah, that whole manageable chunks thing. I think it doesn't matter whether you're you know Joe Blogs off you know just starting running or whatever, or you're you know someone like Kate who's an elite athlete. Yeah, cool. Okay, I mean. It, all really interesting. Uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing what Kate has to say. Um, Jez, um, I think she's on the phone she with is, you, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, let's get her on. Okie dokie. Let's get her on. Um, I'll catch up with everybody soon. Cheers, John. Cheers. Have a good one. Welcome to the Life on Time Become Inspired podcast. It's Jez this time, not John. And I'm joined by a very special guest, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hi. How are you doing? Okay. I'm good. How are you? And not too bad. So, Kate, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and and why we're talking to each other today? Um, So I'm an 18-year-old junior kayaker and I've been on the English squad for kayaking I think this is my third year now and I've been racing internationally um, for GB since I was I think my first international race was when I was 13 Um, and I'm on this podcast to talk about goal setting and sleeping uh, all to do with training and whatnot. So So Kate is yeah I've taught Kate um, for this is the fourth year I've taught her I've taught her GCSE PE and she's just finished doing um, her sick form sport and physical activity course, which we've just finished. And like Kate said, she is a she'll be modest because most top athletes are. But she is, I believe, I've been told by her coach, the best female sprint kayaker in the country. Is that correct, Kate? If this season goes well, well, so far the season's cancelled. We'll see what happens. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so Kate, is, Kate is a top elite level kayaker. And the interesting thing I've always found about you as a kayaker you you don't specialize in sprint although are you looking to so tell us about the different distances that you kayak and the different races that you do um so kayaking is usually split into marathon and sprint so I used to do marathon a lot when I was younger because that's usually how you get into the sport like all clubs they specialize in marathons and the thing about them is that they're split into nine different divisions and it means that everyone can do them. I think that's why everybody does marathons when they're younger, like when you first start kayaking, because you can race no matter your ability. And then it's also split into sprint. 
uh, and that's classed into so you have girls like A, B, C, D, and then you also have boys A, B, C, D, and it's split into under twenty threes and seniors, and it's a bit more competitive, um, and that's split into three distances, so you can race two hundred, five hundred, or a thousand meters. Um, and as Jess was saying, I don't really specialize in one distance currently in sprint. So I'm racing all three distances, though I do perform usually better in 500 and 1,000 metres. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's the best way to describe how it's split. And, and, you, and you kayak individually and in a pair, right? So you do both? Yeah, so I, do K, I usually race K1, which is single. And then you can also race in K2, which is double, or K4, which is four people. Um, but the thing about as you get into the bigger boats, there's less um, opportunities to race because there's fewer races, obviously, because there's more boats. So there's less competitors. So usually if you're doing K4, you'll only race 500 meters. Like that's the only distance available for you to race. But obviously in K1, you can race any of those distances. And K2, it depends on how many entries you get. But usually you can race all those distances. So I usually race K1. And I was doing K2 for a long time Um with a girl from my club and we hold the K2 200 meter um, national record. Um, but she got really injured. So I haven't been racing K2 as much, but I do love doing K2 and crew boats because I raced K4 at Worlds last year. What's, what's amazing when I hear you talk and because I obviously see you as a student and someone I've worked with and really enjoyed working with. But when you say things like, I'm the national record holder and I was at Worlds and it, you are right at the top of your game in this sport. Not, not even at age group, but you're basic, you're racing against the best kayakers in the world, aren't you on a regular basis? Yeah. So obviously when I'm racing nationally, I'm just racing against um, the top in the country, but when I go internationally, then it is, and it's quite, it is nerve wracking. And I try not to think about it too much when I'm there, obviously, because you don't want to get in your head and think, oh my gosh, these are the best of the best. You kind of have to, you do have to have a bit of confidence in yourself and just believe I'm just as good as them. I can race them. Um, but yeah, it is quite nerve wracking to think about. The timing of this is great as well, because um, yesterday afternoon we had our first ever virtual sports awards evening and Kate was awarded the female sports personality of the year, which is given to an upper six student that we believe has gone above and beyond in many different ways and what Kate's done brilliantly and we were just saying this off air she's managed to balance training at the top level for kayaking um, around all her studies but she also plays hockey netball um, athletics she's done everything first team level at school she's she's a top athlete I don't want to big her up too much because I'm normally mean to her in class so I'm going to try and be mean to her as well but um, she really is a top athlete and and so you touched a little bit on some of the things we've talked about in previous podcasts on, on Life on Time, and those things are things like goal setting, sleep, mindfulness. I mean, let's start with goal setting for you. What's your what's your ultimate goal? Like, do you? I, I sent you a message yesterday, didn't I? And I said to you after you won that award, I truly believe you, you you're going to be a world champion and Olympic gold medalist. Is that? Do you set your standard? Do you say that? Have you set yourself that goal? Um. So I think. I never really write it down on paper, but the one goal that I always had since I started kayaking was I wanted to compete at the World Championships before I moved on to like under 23 and seniors, which I have now completed because I raced last year. Um, but once it kind of like that goal was like in the horizons, like I could see it happening that year, I kind of 
thought about what I wanted after that. And obviously, I think everybody who does sport at any level is kind of thinking like, oh, the Olympics, like that would be insane. Um, and I think it would just be so cool to go there. And I think that definitely is a goal of mine, like one day to be racing at the Olympics. I don't know what distance it would be in or what boat it would be in because everything. If you had to guess right now, if you had to pick, so let's, this is, you haven't written it down on paper. This is what we're doing now. You're right. This is you writing it down on paper. Okay. So this is a recording um, <laughs> we're going to keep. So what are you, yeah, tell me what's the, you know, what, what's the, is it, is it get to the Olympics and then become a, a Olympic champion? And what distance would you say it would be in if you had to choose right now? Oh, I, I think I choose 500, um, though it is the most competitive distance for girls. Is that on your own? Would that be K1 on your own? See, I think, oh, it's so hard. I would choose, I'd want to choose K1 because I, I like to be able to think that I got there on my own. Like I didn't it wasn't it was I know in a team it's always like you help each other but I found it especially racing last year in K4 at times I found it hard because you don't want to feel like you're carrying a team or you're letting a team down um and I think if I'm racing with the right person I definitely want to do K2 because I love doing crew boats but at the same time I think K1 is my favorite so I'd probably say K1 500. And what so what Olympics wise, what's realistic for you? Is 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 next year is not realistic Olympics now. We're t- we're talking to so so what are we talking? Are we talking in the next five years after Tokyo? Um, so it depends what happens for um university in this year. I know there's so many kayakers. I think it's it's obviously different in every single sport, but one of the things with kayaking is people usually peak in your kayaking when you're like in your twenties or in your thirties. So it's not maybe early thirties more early, but um, it's not when you're eighteen. So are you saying I'm too old? Or would I be too old to No, Jez, you can always start now. We can see in the Olympics. Possibly, never say never. <laughs> K two, mixed K two. Me and you, yeah, we could do this. We could. Do this. <laughs> I've been I've been winding Kate up for, for a while because I want. I've told her we're going to do. Where is it to where is it again? Devizes where? Devizes to Westminster and Westminster. But I don't know, like, Jez, 24 hours in a boat, you and I, I don't, me, me I think it would get rough. We could do this. What, it's, not even, it's not even the fact that it's the physical, it's just we'd go on each other's nerves and I'd push you into the water. 125 miles with each other. I mean, if we'll you get it. sick or anything or don't have the right food, I'd honestly, I'd dip out. I'd it's, already, it's on my bucket list already. It's on my <laughs> So it's going to happen. I have written it down. So well, it's on my calendar now because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, where were we talking? We were talking about Olympics, weren't we? So, so potentially, if uni goes well, training goes well, you stay injury free, then realistically, maybe the next Olympics after Tokyo could could be realistic. Yeah. Um. So what I was saying with like university, obviously. I don't want to um, prioritise one over the other. Like for me, I know lots of people might not agree with this, but for me, I hold kayaking as like a similar importance to my education um, just because it's such a big part of my life. So I think it depends what happens at university with how school's going and how much I can train, which I'm hoping it can still be uh, as much as possible. Um, But I may wait until after university and then go for it or I might be going for it in university I'm just gonna take every opportunity as it comes so we talked about like a super long-term goal like the Olympics um what about your daily routine weekly routine you know that has to be written down right we talked about how well you've managed to balance 
all your training. And I, I will never genuinely never forget that early morning. I've done one early morning kayaking session with Kate. I've got it in my head that I could still be an Olympic kayaker, but Kate took us out on the water <laughs> wedding. Um, it was beautiful, wasn't it? It was six o'clock, six thirty in the morning. You know, talk talk us through your sort of your weekly daily schedule and your goals and stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis. So during my A levels, it was a lot more busy than it is now. But it would be um I usually try to get in kind of 13 to 15 sessions a week. Um, so every single day, it was obviously twice a day. Um, however, there'd be one day where I might have three sessions. So do you want me to go from like Monday through to Sunday? I mean, no, not necessarily. Uh, what I'm, I suppose what we want to get to is if you don't schedule, plan and set weekly goals and targets and things, then you know, you can't get through that volume. That's a, that's a lot of training on top of schoolwork, right? So how do you manage, just tell us how you kind of manage that and, and how does that become something you can do? Um, so my coach is amazing, Imogen Collins, and she writes all of um, my training plans. So I have them like on a massive spreadsheet document, which is really helpful because it's being able to visualize it. Like if I look at a week and I see I have 10, 500 meters on a Saturday, but I have a bunch of hard sessions in the week as well. I know that I need to be getting enough sleep. I need to make sure I'm on top of my homework so I'm not feeling stressed because I need to perform well on that Saturday because that Saturday session is a really important session for data. So usually what I'll try and do is sometimes at the beginning of the week, I'd like to write out a to-do list of stuff that I have to get done for, especially for schoolwork. And then also helping like plan out my meals and stuff so that I feel like I have energy and bring snacks to school so that I feel ready for the sessions, um, making sure that I have all my kit packed, all my kits dry at the beginning of the week and making sure I have enough, if it's in the winter, making sure I have enough decks, hats, um, pogies, et cetera, thermals. So I don't think, I think for like a weekly basis, it wouldn't be necessarily writing down specific goals. Sometimes I'd have, obviously with schoolwork, I'd be like, I have this deadline I have to meet on Wednesday. So I I would have that written down. But like my actual training goals would be more kind of on a monthly basis. However, I would on a, so in the week, um, uh, Imogen, she would usually say to me on Monday, you have, um, it might be a flying 50 session and she might say, I need you to get to this specific stroke rate. And that What's, would be like, what, means, what is flying 50? So flying 50s, it's um, 50 meters and you roll into it and you have to hit like max, like it's max stroke rate, max power, everything. And it's not very like, obviously 50 meters isn't How, really, what's your, really long. Or so what do you, what would you do a flying 50 in roughly? <sighs> Oh my gosh, I have no clue for time. I know stroke rate, I'd want to hit like a hundred, probably a hundred and thirty strokes a minute. Okay. Um time would probably take like maybe twelve seconds. Maybe oh, less. that's interesting, because I think mine's eleven. Oh, interesting, really? Yeah. I guess yeah. we'll have to race each other and see. Keep training, write those goals down. Yeah. I'll aim for um ten seconds then, <laughs> <nine> seconds. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah. So you so you've got you. So you know going into a training session what the goal is. You know you you don't just rock up for training and Imogen doesn't just say right we're doing this. You have got it all pre-planned out. Um, yeah. You know what you've got. You know what to expect. Yeah. Especially yeah. So um, what I was going to say was especially like in the last year or two years when kayaking has really become important. 
I cannot, I just cannot do a session without knowing what, like, what the gold stroke rate is, what I should have my heart rate at. Because before, when I was younger, obviously, I just turn up and do the session. But now I just, I feel like I need to have it structured in my mind. Like, I should be at this stroke, stroke rate. I should be aiming for these technical points. I should be this tired, like, et cetera, et cetera. And that's so important going into a training session, especially at your level, because it just like anything, just like a lesson at school, if you don't know what the objective is of that lesson, then how are you supposed to know where you're going to finish? So if you know you're going in for flying 50s and she's and Imogen's giving you the stroke rate and potentially the times you're supposed to be going for, then of course you're going to push yourself harder to, to achieve those, right? So yeah, I... aren't you straight away? You're going to university straight away? Um, yeah, so hopefully in September, I think there was a bit of deliberation about what's going to happen with kayaking this year because so far... I think the worlds have been cancelled. It's likely the European. Are you back on the water now? We're obviously we're walking right now. We're just so everyone knows we're recording this in. I think this is week nine going into week ten of lockdown of coronavirus. So you you haven't been able to go out on the water, right? But you're back on now. Yeah. So I wasn't able to paddle for seven weeks, um, but I had like a paddle machine here, which is like a rowing ergo, but like for paddling. Um, And I had a couple of weights here, so I was just I was paddle machining every single day. And I was doing gym uh, twice or three times a week and then running uh, twice or three times a week. And then I'd have like core and yoga sessions um, twice a week. So that was kind of my structured training while whilst in lockdown. But now that I'm allowed back on the water, it's it's kind of changed. So there's a couple, I think there's one less gym. It's now like on the water, sometimes twice a day. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy to be back on the water. And Though I did feel horrible getting in my boat. Was it wobbly? I I was These boats, so just yeah, so people know. So I, I've done a bit of kayaking as a kid and I can paddle, but these boats are so thin, aren't they? I mean, we're talking, you know, then they're, they're almost narrower than your hips. You've got to get your hips in, squeeze them in, haven't you? You literally can feel every rock. So it, when, when I first got in that boat, and that wasn't even a narrow one, was it, that I got in? It just felt no, it okay. Dead. Thanks, thanks. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you literally feel like every movement you're making, you're going to fall in, don't you? So obviously, for you, it's become habit, and you don't. But yeah, I bet it was weird not being in for that length of time and then getting back in. Um, Kate, yeah. what's the? You, you mentioned. I mean, we've talked in previous podcasts, so we've talked a lot about sleep, and and especially with young people and how much sleep they they need is something you've spoken to me before about your coach Imogen and how she promotes things like diet, nutrition and sleep, you know, how important are those things for you on top of the physical training as well? Um, so food, food is very important to me. Just so everyone knows, Kate pretty much has food in her school bag all the time. And she often over the last four years would pull out like a delicious little snack or, you know, what are the things you always pull out those nice little, they're like little cakes you have. They'll, I have like banana bread, sometimes pumpkin, oh, muffins, if people can't, blueberry, whatever my mum decides If people can't understand what Kate's saying, cause she said banana, <laughs> she means banana. Um, I'm afraid I haven't mentioned this. Kate's actually was born in Canada. Were you born in England? Yeah, born yeah. in Canada, moved over to England. Um, so yeah, she's still learning the language, she, she's accent, still learning the language yeah. to a certain extent. But um, yeah, she does. You always have nice snacks. So yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Food, what were you saying? <laughs> 
no, it's fine. Um, so yeah, food is really important because I just find I'm hungry all the time. And I'm not sure if that's because of training or because of a fast metabolism or what, but I am starving all the time. And I'm really blessed that my mum and dad love to cook. And I always come home from training to a really nice cooked meal. Like they're always like, we've got your protein there, you've got your carbohydrates, blah, blah, blah. So I'm really lucky um, that I feel like I don't have to stress do you what it. Do you watch um, what you eat? Are you on top of that or do you just eat, eat, eat? Um, no worry Imogen, Imogen I, might not be listening <laughs> I think I think Imogen probably thinks I eat really badly because sometimes I do turn up to training and I have like three chocolate penguin bars in my hand just because <laughs> like they've been in my school bag but um <laughs> but I do I think I don't watch what my what I eat probably as best as I should I think but I don't know I I don't ever feel I think especially before training I do consciously think about what I'm eating like when I get off the panel machine or I get off the water or a gym session I do think like right let's find protein like something something that's healthy I don't just sit there and like open up the ice cream jar and whatnot but I I think I try to watch what I eat in especially coming up to races but when I'm in like a normal block of training I don't think too consciously about mm. it but I'm naturally I think my parents feed me really healthy yeah. food and they don't buy a bunch of junk food anyway. So that's just how I've been brought up. Anyway. What about, what about sleep then? Is, are you conscious of how much sleep? Cause you train so much. Do you sleep well? Do you know you need a certain hour, number of hours of sleep? Um, so I'm still kind of learning with sleep and stuff. I'm a horrible sleeper. Like I remember um, during A-levels, um, I'm not when they were still on. I'm not sure if it was because of the stress of them and the stress of training and trials and whatnot. But I there'll be some nights where it would take me like three hours to fall asleep and I'd come into school with like five hours of sleep and I'd be exhausted. But I think over the past couple of years, I've learned a couple of things to do with sleep for me, um, which are if I get if I get seven hours, I'm usually good, which is weird. If I get eight hours, though, I'm groggy, I'm tired, I feel really lethargic. But if I get nine hours, I'm even better. Like, I'm amazing. That's really interesting. That's so a really I, fine line, isn't it? So seven, you're good. Eight, you're bad. But nine, you're great. Yeah, and I've been getting, <laughs> since lockdown, I've been getting nine all That's the good. time. Nine plus even. But, um, yeah, I found with school, especially, because it would be hard because I'd have to get up early because Leighton Park starts. Am I allowed to put Leighton Park? Yeah, we said it now. That's fine, yeah. Okay, I'm uh, sorry uh, everyone if I'm not. The fantastic but... independent schools are available, by the way. Everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so because LP starts so early, I'd have to be up early, so it'd be hard to be getting nine hours every single night. So seven was usually like I'd be best. But at how interesting is that? Since lockdown, potentially you're sleeping better, and actually, do you know what I am? Because yeah, I'm not getting up at six thirty. I'm getting up at seven seven thirty if my boys allow it. So. Yeah, that's been one real positive of this, right? That we're not actually having to get up ridiculously early and get into school, whatever. And and another positive potentially for you is because you haven't been on the water, there's not been that pressure to get on the water really early. But um, yeah, that's interesting. So Imogen's pretty hot on you sleeping right and getting that rest in and that's important to you. Yeah, um, especially like, I think Imogen really understands like when your body's just, it just can't take it. So I know there are times when I turn up to training and I'd, look exhausted I'd feel rubbish just because I haven't been sleeping I've had lots of work and she'd just be like just take the session easy or she'd literally just say just go home like just go sleep go home and she'd never I think she understood the fine line between being lazy and turning up to training and not trying or 
knowing when your body's actually run down and it needs a break, which is good because you don't want a coach that's going to sit there and push you to the max to the point where you can't even carry on training. But you also don't want the coach who's just going to be like, oh yeah, just take the week off. That's interesting. And that's about you knowing yourself as an athlete. And that's, you know, something we've talked about on the previous podcast is, is mindfulness. And I think that's where mindfulness comes in, where you're actually really aware of how you're feeling and why you're feeling like that and whether you need to have a break, have, you know, have more sleep, less sleep. And it sounds to me like as you're getting older and becoming a more mature athlete, you're starting to understand how much of a difference all these things make. Goal setting is going to make a big difference to you moving forward, right? Because the top, you think about those top kayakers who are gold medalists, of course, they're going to be setting themselves regular goals, long-term, short-term, medium-term goals. They're going to be sleeping well. They're going to be looking after their diet. They're going to be mindful, all those things. And it sounds like to me, you're right on the right track with all that stuff, which is brilliant because you know, don't you, that it's not just that physical training. It's all the other things that are around it. That That's going to be the difference for you, isn't it? Probably moving forward is the, the extra bits, the psychology, the support, the thinking, the sleeping, the eating. It is so important, right? Yeah. And um, I think like you're saying, as I'm getting further into like my sporting career, it's, it's been way more important. Like before it would just be time to train and work hard, but now it's everything around it. Like it's, it's the finite things that make the difference. Absolutely. Kate, it's been really, I'm going to call it there because I think I could go on and so it's probably been the deepest we've gone into your kayaking training ever anyway, isn't it? Cause we never get the time to talk for 20 plus minutes on it, but it's been really great to actually talk to you properly on it just before you've left the school properly. But, um, you know that we'll be following you very closely, your career and what you're doing, not just in kayaking, but what you're doing at university. Thank you for giving up your time to talk to me today. Um, and we will speak again, I'm sure. Thank you so no, much. It's been great to talk to you. Take care, Kate. Bye. 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 For more help and advice from Life on Time, please visit our website, www.com lifeontime.co.uk there's lots of helpful hints and tips on how to nurture your students well-being so please take a look Mm -hmm.